Hello, hello, and welcome to the Your Latina Mentor podcast with your host, Isabel Restrepo, or Isabel Restrepo, as I got used to saying growing up in Minnesota so that people would understand me. And that's actually a perfect example highlighting what this podcast is all about, where I'll be sharing experiences, tools, and resources to navigate what it means to be a woman, a Latina, an immigrant, and everything in between what I like to call this human experience. Part of the inspiration for this podcast is also that I didn't have a Latina mentor growing up, and I wish that some of the things that I'm going to share with you, somebody would have shared with me. I am so happy that you are here. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Your Latina Mentor. I am so excited because we have a very special guest. Her name is Nicole Torres from Ouroboros Healing, and she is such a beautiful person, powerhouse. She's a fellow Leo like myself, and she is just so fabulous. She's a fellow Latina in the house. So I'm just so excited to have this conversation with you, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to finally be sitting in this chair with you. All right. So we were just like laughing right before this started. So let's keep it going. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you and yeah, give us, give us some information about yourself. Okay. Um, Excuse me. So I actually am a native to LA. Um, I was born in Torrance, California, and then we moved pretty quickly into my childhood to a little pueblito called El Sereno or El Sereno, if you're from the hood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've been living there since 1991 and then just moved around a little bit um, after college. And I've been in the animation and entertainment industry for the last, well, I was in the industry Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, for about 13 years and then um, went through my own awakening, went through my healing and really just started to kind of rediscover um, who I am, my purpose. And that's when I started Ouroboros Healing. That was back in, I think... 2019 is when I like kind of officially committed to that being my new thing. Um, So yeah, I live in Crestline, California right now. I'm in the San Bernardino mountains surrounded by trees. It's gorgeous. And yeah, I live there with my partner and my cat. Nice. Well, (laughs) I definitely want to know about your transition from the animation world to your healing practice. But I think before we dive into that, Tell us what Ouroboros means. I think it's such a good segue into that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, totally, of course. Um, Let's see. The Ouroboros was just one of those symbols that I kept seeing over and over again right before I started, you know, shifting into my business. And it just felt sort of like, like my guides were speaking to me. But essentially the Ouroboros is a snake eating its own tail. It's always kind of in the form of a sim, like the symbol is either a circle or it's an infinity sign. And it basically represents the journey and the cycle of birth, life, and death. And I chose that as my 
basically my, my motto, my logo um, for my business, because I really, really believe that healing is cyclical. It's a cycle. It doesn't end. There's no like ending in sight, really. It's just we evolve. And through every new chapter in our lives, we have to, um, not that we have to, but there's always going to be something that appears or manifests or shows up in our life that really needs our attention. So for me, the Ouroboros represents that healing is cyclical. And most importantly, the thing about the snake is that the reason it does that is because when there is no food around, it'll eat its own tail just a little bit, just a little bit. Like it'll just eat the tip. (laughs) Just the tip. Just the tip. And it's, its life is basically in its own hands, AKA in its mouth. So Mm. it has the power to nourish itself or destroy itself. And to me, that was the biggest like, Ooh, like I get chills thinking about it because all of us have the power to be that for ourselves. We can either support ourselves, nourish ourselves, or we can be really self-destructive and, you know, not take action or, or take choice, take action and make choices that are destructive. Right. So I really believe that that symbol is just so powerful and it resonates so much with me because I've gone through so many cycles of healing and different iterations of myself as a person that the Ouroboros just felt so, so right. So that's Mm, what that is. I got chills, (laughs) especially when you mentioned just like the power is in yourself to be mm-hmm. able to go through the process of he- of what healing looks like. It's like, oh yeah, yes, yeah, definitely, <laughs> exactly. Yep, we all have the power. It's in us. We are the we are the our, our own healers. You know. Yeah, and I guess like I think when when we met, we we have a similar kind of story of working in nine to five. You used to work at Netflix. I used to work Mm -hmm. at Google. Very like, you know, the dream quote unquote of (laughs) like, you know, tech and corporate or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and making the decision to kind of leave that and go to your own business and your own practice. I guess like what, what was that decision like for you and how did you kind of like really trust yourself and, and make that leap? Mm, That's a really good question. I think the thing that stuck out to me is the trust yourself part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because that has been, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge and the longest journey, you know, and we do have a similar background in that, you know, I guess we both thought like, I guess I can speak for myself, but in my career, you know, I used to drive down the freeway, down the 101 and I'd see Netflix and I'd be like, I'm going to work there one day. I did the same thing. I drive by Disney. I'm going to work you. I'm going to work there with you one day. And it just felt like this never ending like accomplishment. Like I just kept wanting to get to the best studios and it, um, I think it just took a toll, you know, it was one of those things that I didn't feel like I was happy, even though I was pursuing this never ending achievement, you know, of like, when was it going to be good enough? But um, 
yeah, corporate corporate world settings can be pretty toxic and there's a lot of effort and it's very demanding. So at some point, um, I just kind of started to hit a wall and wasn't feeling fulfilled and my relationship started to, to suffer and it just ended up being like something that my whole world started to kind of crumble around me. Mm. And I started like, I guess I started noticing like something isn't right. Like something needs to change. And that's when I started working with um, Maxine of Blue Star Guidance. She's a mutual coach and mentor. Mm -hmm. And um, that was in 2018. And like, once I said yes to to help. Once I said yes to like an opportunity to reevaluate my life and just kind of dive into something I've never done before doing shadow work and really looking at myself. Like, I think I knew it was like once I had this really like toxic relationship and it just was like the cycle kept repeating. And I was like, okay, something is going on with me. Mm -hmm. It's like, I wasn't blaming myself, but I'm like, there, it has to be something with me. So I kind of had that seed planted. And then I met Maxine like maybe a year later in the summer of 2018 and working with her really opened my eyes. So having this, having a mentor and a coach really shifted sort of like how I viewed myself and the world. And that just opened up a whole new um, I don't know. I feel like I was connecting into like a soulful calling or my purpose. And it sort of unlocked like Pandora's box within me where I was like, <laughs> okay, um, life is never going to be the same. And I have to make some really big choices and some big decisions. And, you know, m- going through my own healing journey really allowed me to see how buried everything was, how everything was sort of like, yeah, it was just sort of in the backseat. Like I never even paid attention to these, these really major events in my life. I just kind of was like, well, shit happens. I just got to move on. And it was that idea of like, just push through it, just keep going. It'll get better. But it was really like, yeah, in the moment I could push through it, but things started to collapse around me because it's like, you know, the dam is breaking. You just, you can't hold on to these emotions and trauma and baggage basically for, for that long and not have it show up and manifest in your life. So all of that to say that it really started with um, that realization, looking inward, reaching out for support. And that journey really helped me to see like, if it's this way for me, if it took me this long, I think it took me about 10 years to really like from like my biggest trauma, my biggest relationship, which was with the narcissist to the point of meeting Maxine, that was about 10 years. And Mm -hmm. I had been trying to like quote heal, AKA just get over it (laughs) for about 10 years. And then um, that sort of opened the doors to what my healing looked like and what my journey looked like and really recognizing that there's a lot of other women who go through relationship trauma 
and don't really fully recover. It just stays with them and it really affects them the way that it did for me. And, you know, from that point to when I met Maxine, different relationships came and went and I just felt, you know, shittier and shittier. And um, I decided, well, if I can change my life, if I can heal my relationship with myself, most importantly, and find a supportive, loving partner, I want that for other people too. And Mm. I started testing my outline, my group program. And I did that with two clients. I worked with them one-on-one and I was still working at the time. So it was really like, you know, living that double life where it was like one foot in, one foot (laughs) out. (laughs) And the transition to Sunday to Monday was so hard. It was so hard. I felt like I just yeah, it was like Mondays, I felt like I was lying to myself. It was so hard to just be fully in my masculine because I was a supervisor at the time. And going from like super feminine to super masculine energy, you know, every week like that was just like super hard. So um, that was one of the other things. It just became harder and harder to try to do both. So I had to just pick. And I knew that, you know, like I said earlier, I really felt like that was like a soulful connection, a soulful calling, something that was like pulling me. I just can't explain it. You just like, yeah, it just felt like it was pulling me towards this new experience, new life, uh, new everything. So yeah, I made the decision. um, I think, when was it? February? No, December of... 2020, I put in my notice. And then my last day was February 26th. And it was a Friday. (laughs) And that weekend we moved, it was just like a whole life upheaval. Mm. Yeah, I well, I've known you during that time, too. So Mm -hmm. it's been like, I guess, like to hear you reflect on it now I'm just like oh yeah like she did the damn thing (laughs) and I guess like to to kind of bring some context now into the listeners like uh what does your current work look like like if a new client works with you what is the what is the experience like you know what are Mm -hmm. your your clients usually going to you for let's see so most of my clients I would say They have low self-worth. That's kind of like my, um, I don't know if it's like a slogan or tagline, but I essentially, in my website, I really gear it towards healing self-worth after toxic relationships or healing generational trauma. So it's all sort of encompassing the world of relationships. And when our relationships are suffering, um, it usually is coming from us and not to say that we are the source of the suffering, but we are either attracting people who create suffering in our lives, or we don't have boundaries in order um, to sort of protect ourselves. Um, It could be the way that we're raised. It could be that we are taught to accept a specific kind of love. Um, AKA the absence of love, you know, disguised Mm -hmm. in, in the word love. 
So there's a lot of different reasons why they come, but mostly um, they want to experience joy in their life. That's the number one thing. They want to be happier. And our relationships just are, I don't know. It's like, who are we without our relationships? They really mm-hmm. nourish us. Um, or they can be a source of pain and trauma and struggle. So most of my clients really just want to have an experience in their life that feels Um, what's the word like feels nourishing and supportive. They want to be seen in their relationships. So most of my clients either improve their relationships. um, They start attracting better friends, better work situations. They cut ties with people who are toxic Mm -hmm. and a lot of them, you know, break up with their significant others because they're noticing like, that what they are experiencing has been sort of like the status quo for so long. And um, they start to reclaim their self-worth and AKA that's the name of my program. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's called reclaiming and we reclaim so many things, but self-worth being the number one, uh, the number one thing. And when you reclaim your self-worth, you set the bar higher, right? Like you no longer accept the bare minimum, you are not available for bullshit. You're just like, nope, not for me. And you have more boundaries that you can set with people who like habitually cross them. And then you learn how to um, how to respond versus react. So if you're, you know, if your trauma is creating these survival patterns in you that has you re- reacting and, and very like. Um, you know, like angry for the lack of a better word. Like if you're hurting, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be pleasant. You're angry and you're frustrated. Um, You don't know how to cope. You don't have those emotional um, tools yet. And a lot of my clients learn that. They learn how to manage their triggers. Um, They learn how to reparent themselves, how to self-soothe their inner child, their inner critic. And really move past all of the like mental and emotional internal like tornado, the chaos that's going on that for most of my clients is normal. That's just, there's just, that's just how they operate. Like it's what they're used to. So it's really difficult to break out of that on your own and having um, a group like ours. I don't know if I mentioned that, but reclaiming is a group program and it's five months and we basically walk through sort of like five building blocks that um, it's cumulative learning. So week one, that's our foundation. Week two, mm. that's our foundation. And those two weeks really support you on your journey for the next five months. Those are the hardest things to learn. That's why we practice them in the very beginning. And then we move on to um, doing some more fun things like diving into your Akashic records and connecting in with your soul's journey. That's like been super, super, super fun for me because I get to connect with every client's um, master's teachers and loved ones, like their guides and communicate their messages to my clients. And it's one of those things that, you know, when you channel, you are not channeling your own thoughts or, um, ideas 
And because they're not for you, it feels foreign. And I'm like, mm-hmm. um, okay. I don't know if I'm saying like, if I'm making this up or it just feels like, I hope this is going to resonate. Cause it just sounds so like out there. And then when I give the messages to my clients, they're like, oh my God, how did you know this? <laughs> or whatever. It's like, I didn't know. <laughs> I just received the messages. Um, so yeah, we get into stuff like that because at after doing this really, really deep shadow work, um, I feel like it answers a lot of questions. And then when we get into um, the Akashic Records, they're able to answer or, or have questions answered that may not be able to be answered by family members or people on this plane. It could be something that you've experienced in a past life that is still you know, giving you trouble. For example, um, one of my clients was like strangled in her past life and she has, um, a lot of trouble in this life with her throat chakra, with her throat, with her voice advocating for herself. She doesn't like people touching her neck. Like it's a whole thing. And those were the things that she didn't really understand. Like, why am I like this? Why is this a thing? And when we uncover these, these, uh, these truths about your soul, you know, your existence, it sort of helps to bridge those gaps, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like with the awareness comes healing. So she can sort of close the book on that and know like, Oh, okay, this is why I'm like that. It's okay. Um, And then at the very end of the program, we sort of wrap it up with um, a month of learning about practical magic and candle magic and it's really the basic. So all of my baby witches out there who are trying to like, <laughs> you know, grasp this whole world, I really um, condense it all into a couple of weeks and it's just the basics. So it really gets them started on how to incorporate this newfound spirituality or deepen spirituality into their everyday and really maintain this as a practice so that they can build their intuition their connection with their spirit guides and their spirit team and with themselves, you know, it's that time to get quiet, go inwards. And it's just such an amazing program. And I'm so proud of the work that has come out of this. Um, I wrote it with my guides. So it feels very much, I don't know, just exactly as it needs to be. It's, it's, it's really doing its job and, that's one of the reasons why I decided to leave because those first two clients I worked with had such good results from it Mm. that I was like, okay, this works. It's working. Like it's actually going to help people. Um, So that's how I work mostly. And if the group thing isn't your thing, no worries. I also do one-on-one coaching and that's, you know, really um, just personalized. It really comes down to whatever my clients are needing for that moment. Yeah. Well, I love the name of it to reclaim because it's Mm -hmm. like, if you have had, whether that's a childhood and or relationships where you haven't fully like known the true meaning of love and being able to have the tools and the support to reclaim Mm -hmm. your power and your self-worth. Like that is like, like you help 
women or people come back to that joy through the process of reclaiming your self-worth. And that is just so powerful. And like, yes. I, it. yeah, like we, we've, um, Nicole and I have had, like, we've exchanged before. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think it was like last year, summer of last year, we did a session and it was just like, boom, boom, this is you <laughs> where let's get to the root of it. And I'm like, wait, what? I thought that was good. But like, there's still something deep there. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yes. and it's just so powerful. I mean, you sit there and you talk about it. So like, this is what we do. But I'm like, no, you don't even know people like this is like really, really powerful in the way that I think that just speaks to like you too of just being so grounded and nurturing and just so soft. I think like (laughs) in your sessions or at least like for me, like that, Mm -hmm. I think to be supported in that way has, is, feels really good. So I can only imagine for, for the clients that work with you longer term and that you're really going deep and, and having fun with the candle magic and the fact, you know, like, it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, we can heal. And yes, we can go through some of the things that we don't always like to talk about, but we can do it in a way that's like, okay, let's check in with your guides. Let's see. Oh, there's like past life stuff. Okay. Let's look (laughs) at it. Like, I think, I think that's, I don't know that there's an element to that that feels really fresh. I guess that's the word. Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you for <laughs> yeah. saying that. It's definitely one of those things that felt it's almost like I wanted to have something that felt cohesive. Yeah. You know, I wanted something that would support my clients through the major arc of healing. Mm. So it's not like, you know, I could do a one-on-one session for one hour, but like, what, what is that going to do for you long-term? And I'm in it for the win, like for the big picture wins, right? Like I want to see really big changes. I want to see your life improve. And that's only going to happen if we get to the core, to the root of all of these, you know, emotional blocks that we experience and in our relationships that is where it's going to show up our relationships are a reflection of us essentially so if i can support them through the healing process the self um the reclaiming the self-worth process then they will have the power and the motivation and the belief to do things like manifestation Because if you don't have that belief in yourself, like manifesting, for example, is not going to come easy to you because you have to first believe that you deserve it. Mm -hmm. And if you have low self-worth or you've been told that you're a burden or a nuisance by, you know, a a parent or a, a lover, like that shit sticks with you. And you have to like go through the process of releasing that and releasing those beliefs before you can create magic in your life. Yes, yes. And I guess like to tie it back to your experience, like how have you noticed that in in leaving a toxic relationship, being able to like heal these things, trust in yourself where you're on this journey, I guess like, 
yeah, like how has your experience been of like making your own path been in in relationship, in career, in mm-hmm. life? Like, <laughs> yeah, I would say. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say like, oh my God, it's been so great. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's hard work, you know, but if anybody is out there on the entrepreneurial game, on the solopreneur trip, like this is hard work and there's no better self-development work than being an entrepreneur. And I know that you can attest to that because- It's hard. It is like you have this thing that you love so much and you want other people to experience it, benefit from it, especially if you feel like you can improve the world or change people's lives. You have this thing that you, it's like, it's unconditional love Mm. for your work. You know, they're like, eh, you're not going to get paid. You're like, it's okay. I'll get paid next time. (laughs) You know, you just want to like share it in the beginning and you really have to like, it's like any other relationship. You have to learn, all right, what are my boundaries around work? What is my limit? What is my time limit? What is my financial limit? Um, It it just sort of, you have to like reinforce all of the same principles of a healthy relationship into your work. And I feel like that's been, for me, one of the hardest things is coming from um, corporate America, being a perfectionist, having like really, really high standards was hard in the beginning with me and my business because there was no like clock to punch in and out of. Mm. And I also have ADHD. So my work schedule looks different than most people's. Like I really ramp up at around nine, (laughs) like eight or nine, I'm like ready to go again. And if I don't have that boundary, I could work really late and then wake up feeling really shitty the next day. So, Mm. you know, going through that process of like being really honest about what's, what is nurturing and what is, you know, a toxic behavior that that you're trying to move past. So again, I think those come up in all of our relationships. Um, But working, I think has been just such a like learning curve, doing it on your own and having to have that resilience. But I really learned that you can't do it on your own. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I don't think you can do it, do this journey on your own. It takes a literal village and I have friends who support me. I have a coach and a mentor. Um, it's like, you know, at one point I had like three coaches, I had a business coach, a healer, a mentor, and you know, it's like people like you that I've met along the way in this journey that really allow us to receive help and receive support. Um, so that's, I think, been my work situation. It's it's definitely like a work in progress, but having systems in place really help too. Like for me, having a routine, putting everything on my calendar, having a shit ton of post-it notes and places <laughs> where I could write stuff down um, and having a lot of like grace and just self-compassion for when I don't quote do it perfectly or correctly the first time, you know, just keep trying. Yeah. And I love 
that you bring up having support, whether that's in business where Mm -hmm. you are in this season of your life or when you're navigating healing and how do I, how do I learn to be in a healthy relationship? Like you don't Mm -hmm. learn these things by yourself. Like it's like, I mean, you can to some extent, like sure Mm -hmm. you can read a book, but to like put it in action and practice Mm -hmm. and, and it does, it takes support. And I think I love that you bring that up because I know for me for a long time, it was like, I have to heal on my own. I have to figure this out on my own. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm successful all on my own. And it's like, okay, to some extent, sure. But like, (laughs) it's so much easier if you have support (laughs) yeah exactly I mean going back to that you know comparison of when I met Maxine it had been 10 years of me trying to like get out of my own funk and get out of my own way and then after working with her for I think we're now on like 18 like fourth year now you know my life has definitely radically changed so um the support is huge for sure. Yeah. I guess like, what would you say to someone who is either, I mean, you, you can't, you have like two different experiences that you can share. So one is if, if someone is in a relationship or they've come out of a relationship that they know is like not good, not healthy, Mm -hmm. they're kind of in that, you know, like dark zone (laughs) the dark night of the soul yeah (laughs) um or maybe they're in a in a job where they hate it's like the double life where it's like i'm doing all these things but it's not fulfilling me and i have this whole other interest Mm -hmm. yet again another dark night of the soul like just either way it's kind of like this even though they're different circumstances the Mm -hmm. energy is still very similar like yeah what would you say conflict and struggle and it's hard (laughs) um let's see as someone who's been both I guess I would just say don't wait you know Mm -hmm. like the longer you wait the harder it's gonna be um and and then you're gonna look back and and just think that like shit I should have done this sooner And time is the one thing that is, you know, it's finite. We don't have all the time in the world. Even it seems like on a weekly basis, we're like, oh my gosh, I need more time. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. I feel like in relationships are tough because I feel like there's so many more layers to a relationship where in in a work situation, it's transactional right? They pay you for what you do. You show up and it either fulfills you or it doesn't, but you're still getting that paycheck. Hmm. And with a relationship, you have a person that you love on the other end that it's not transactional. You know, relationships are, are unconditional. You love people and you invest in people. You invest your time, your energy, you support them, they support you. And I don't know, I think everyone has to make that choice. And they I think the best 
thing I ever heard from an ex-boyfriend while I was breaking up with him was like, yeah, no, I get it. It just, it's really up to you how much you can take. And I was like, oh my God, it is. And he wasn't mad at me for breaking up with him. I think the thing was like, he just wasn't very, um, just wasn't very emotional or like physically attentive. Um, not so PDA or touchy feely. And like my love, one of my love languages is um, physical touch. Mm. So I just felt like it wasn't the right move for me to stay in that relationship. And I really took those words that he said to heart because every relationship is going to be different, you know? And if you're feeling like you're getting this sense of support and, you know, nourishment that this person is adding to your life, then, you know, everyone knows relationships take work. Like you're going to have to invest time in it. Mm -hmm. And it really just depends on how much you are willing to take, how much you're willing to sacrifice your time or your energy. Um, and know that like this relationship should be filling your cup and it should be giving you as much, if not more than when you are on your own, right? Like if you're alone and you're happier than when you are with your partner, there's some, some evaluation there yeah. to do, you know, like <laughs> our partner can really like lift us up and make us feel good. Um, and those moments of like growth, that's where like, that's where like the real special sauce comes in because relationships take work and sometimes they can be hard and you and your partner are not going to be on the same page all the time, right? Everyone has their different stages of growth and evolution. So that's, that's what you're investing in. You're investing your time and your effort and your love into someone that might need more support in this moment mm -hmm. and vice versa. Like let's say that you go through a loss of a job or a family member, you know, that person is going to be there to support you. They should be anyways. Um, and if that becomes transactional, then it's just not going to work. Yeah. But, so the work thing I feel is just get out, just find a new place because, you know, you're exchanging your time and energy for a paycheck and for the sense of fulfillment. And with relationships, it really, it, it's different for everyone, but it really depends on what you are getting out of it. And if the relationship is, is fulfilling for you, but it just depends on how much you can tolerate and invest into somebody before you decide like, you know what, this just isn't feeling good anymore. I feel better on my own. I feel like that's a really good sign to like cut it. Yeah. I, I think I'm like reflecting back on like relationships where I'm like, this, this is not good, but you're so in it that mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm going to stay here. And then finally it's like, the thing that broke the camel's back or whatever. <laughs> but like, I'm saying don't, you don't have to wait until you reach that. Yeah. Point. I mean, look, I'm a Leo <laughs> and so are you. And there's nothing more loyal than a Leo in a, in a toxic relationship. <laughs> like, let's be real. <laughs> Unfortunately, but yep. we'll be loyal as fuck. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, loyal, loyal Leos. I mean, that's what they say. So like most of my learning has come through my relationships. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I just have this innate, I don't know, calling. I just pull, I gravitate towards this world and this topic. Um, I can't remember what placement I have, but I think like Pluto's in Libra or something. Like I have this planet of transformation in my relationship house and it's always going to be showing me and teaching me new things. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I experience life lessons is through my relationships. So yeah. yeah. I mean, and also I think because you've, you're now kind of on the quote unquote other side where you are experiencing a healthy relationship, a loving relationship, a relationship where you do feel supported. It's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, there's a whole other world out here (laughs) of like really great way Mm -hmm. to connect with somebody. And I, Mm -hmm. that I guess like, is that why, is that what motivates you? Like when, when you see a client that really does reclaim their self-worth and breaks up with the shitty partner, like, Mm -hmm. I guess like, is there an element? I, I don't know. I'm like, if I, if that were me, like, yeah, like do it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, I would say definitely, I feel like there's this, you know, it's the moment where they have that, that click, they have the aha moment. And I see it in their eyes where they're like, they have been working on something for the last three months and they finally get it. It finally clicks. And in that moment, their belief about themselves shifts Mm. how they view themselves shifts. And that's the most important part because then they have like the courage, they have the self-esteem, they have like the belief that they can make it, that they're going to get through it. And if they do communicate to their partners that, you know, they're going to move on, they either continue their, their healing journey with themselves or they find a new partner and I, I remember the first time that happened where one of my clients was, you know, she had a long history of dating, you know, assholes and people <laughs> who were super abusive or emotionally abusive. And she finally broke through that other side. Mm-hmm. She had boundaries. She believed in herself. She saw herself differently. She saw someone who's, she saw herself as someone who deserved to be loved and respected and treated well. And she found her person. And now they're, you know, they've been together for like two and a half years now. And seeing them online on Instagram, I'm just like, oh my God, they're so cute. And they're just so in love. And it's nice to, it's nice to know that, you know, people's lives can change even after toxic trauma. Yes. (laughs) yes. There is a whole other world. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I guess like for someone who is interested in working with you, what do you have any projects coming up or how can they connect with you? Yes, I actually just opened the doors to the five month program to reclaiming. So enrollment is open and I'm hoping to start a new group in October. Um, So definitely reach out. I have um, 
a free clarity session that I offer to anyone who's interested in learning more about the program. Um, and then I also have a free mastermind that's coming up and that's also going to be in October. It is going to be on, I think, hold on. When was that? That's Thursday, October 6th at 6 PM. And that's called breaking chains on generational trauma. So that's a really cool one where we go, um, we kind of dive into like the nuances of how generational trauma affects our everyday life and our relationships. It's like the six signs of um, like your six survival pattern types, how they manifest in our relationships and in our personalities, why we have survival patterns and really how to break them. So that is a really good introduction to sort of learning on like a personal level, like, Oh, I am a type B type or C type, whatever. So you, you basically have a, like a name and a label to of certain behavior, a certain mm-hmm. survival type or uh, trauma response. And once we have that, it's like, Oh, okay. I know how I respond. I know what's, helpful for me. And I know what's really triggering for me. Um, I would definitely recommend checking that out. It's free. It's a really good way to meet me also and get to know a little bit more about my history and um, my trauma (laughs) (laughs) and um, how I've kind of worked through that. Um, So yeah, I would love to meet um, anybody who's interested in that and who's ready to dive deeper into their healing journey. Yes, I love that. And I'll have all of the links for everyone in the show description so you can go straight to it. And um, I guess like where else can we find you on your site or Instagram? Mm -hmm. Tell the people. Tell the people. Yes, I am at ouroboros.healing on Instagram. It's O-U-R-O-B-O-R-O-S dot healing. And then same thing, ouroboroshealing.com is my website. That's where you can learn more about me and all the programs that um, that I offer. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. I always love talking to you. You are just <laughs> such a beautiful person. No one can see her right now, only me because we're on a video. But <laughs> they're fabulous. Leo hair. Yes, She's got the yes. glasses. Just so good. <laughs> And I love you. Thank you. And this is a lot of fun. I'm so glad that you're doing this and you're sharing all these amazing Latinas and our stories. It's like, it's about damn time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I think I, I'd love to like talk about that a little bit. Like, what has your experience been within the animation industry within the healing world the spiritual world like I I mean this is this could be a whole other podcast but I guess like yeah tell us a little bit about that part of you let's see yeah I think um let's see I am I'm Mexicana my mom and dad are both from Mexico and they immigrated here and I think I don't remember but they were like in their teens, I think. So they kind of, you know, grew up being immigrants and I was first gen. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, we all know if you're an immigrant or child of an immigrant, it's hard Mm -hmm. and it's 
trying to acclimate, trying to understand your culture, you know, your newfound culture in the States versus like what you're experiencing at home. Um, So there was a lot of that feeling of needing to assimilate and like fit in. And for the younger generation, like it's way easier and way more accepting to be, um, to be Latina. Like we Mm -hmm. have Instagram and all of these amazing accounts that are really empowering and like show other Latinas doing amazing things. But back in the day when we didn't even have, you know, social media, (laughs) we were like barely learning about MySpace, you know, like (laughs) there was like nothing. We just saw like the cholos in the, in the movies and, um, you know, the cholos on the news, like it wasn't very, um, it wasn't cool to be Latina back then. At least that's how it felt. There was a lot of questions and or resistance or funny mm. faces. Um, so I definitely had that f- experience of feeling othered um, in a lot of the spaces that I was in growing up. And then as things started to shift a little, and even during my awakening, like, this is like 2017, I was sort of looking for community. Mm-hmm. And I remember, oh my God, I remember looking up something about like spiritual communities and urban neighborhoods, I think is what I Googled. Like, <laughs> yes. like come on, Google, like help me out. Um, and I think I, the result that I got back that I clicked on it was called like urban priestesses. And I kid you not, like it was two widows holding hands with blonde hair and like these mm. flowy dresses. And they were like running into the ocean. And I was just like, what am I looking at right now? <laughs> and I was, I remember feeling like so, I don't know. It was like pissed. I was like, mm. how do you identify yourself as urban? And like, there is nothing urban about this. I don't know why they did that, but there was not a single person of color on the website. Um, it was all white women teaching about spirituality. Um, and it just felt like, I just felt like, man, there's everything is just so white out there in the spiritual community. And I felt sort of like there, there has to be something. And Luckily, I found Spirit House Collective, which I always share, talk about, promote. And I just love Asia, who's the head and founder of Spirit House Collective. And she is um, biracial and she definitely supports women of all walks of life, any race, any gender. Like she's just, she's switching it up. Mm. And she has definitely created a new community of seekers and witches and just anyone who is looking and searching. And I was one of those people. And when I, when I saw her, I was like, Oh, she's so beautiful. And she was, <laughs> she just was decorated and like her hair and her makeup. And she just, she had like flowers in her hair. She looked amazing. And I felt like, okay, here's a space with someone who is non-white and the healers and um, what do you call it? Like she would have different events, different workshops and the women who would come to share their offerings many times were of like multicultural individuals. So 
it just felt like a place that I could see myself in. I belonged. And there were other Latinas in the circle. Mm-hmm. And that was something I had never experienced before. Cause I had gone to like, you know, yoga things or group meditation, sound healing, things like that. And at that time I wasn't seeing any other Latinas in the circle. And that was really powerful when I sat down and I wasn't the only Latina in the mm. circle. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. This is happening. And since then I feel like the, the open, I don't know. Since then the opportunities have shifted. The circle looks different. It's not just one group of people, you know, and mm-hmm. that's huge for us because Everyone needs support. Everyone needs community. And there's just something so special when there are multiple people from multiple backgrounds, not just white women, you know. Um, It's nice to have everybody, all colors of the rainbow, sharing their perspective and having, you know, white allies who support us and who are there and show us that, you know, we do have people in our corner. So I think it's been kind of like in the last five or six years, I would say things have definitely shifted and I'm really excited. And, you know, this podcast is is an example of that and having you be part of that shift in that community where it's like, we're not excluding others. We are including and we are creating a space for Latinas where there wasn't a space before. Mm, well, thank so. you. I mean, that is like, and it's funny to hear you kind of share your experience. I mean, you grew up in California. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Minnesota where it's like mm, so yeah. white. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but I think, I mean, to, I don't know, there's just something different about coming together and like sharing similar experiences and yeah, for sure. And you're right, like looking around and seeing the circle and be like, oh yeah, like we're it's not just me in the circle anymore. Mm-hmm. Which I think for me many times, whether that's been work or yoga or mm-hmm. spiritual spaces, it's like, oh, I'm the only one here. What happened? Mm-hmm. But yeah. creating those spaces like the Spirit House Collective, like thank you, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, yes, um, you're doing it. You're definitely making a difference. Yeah, well, thank you. Oh, I love you so much. I'm like, <laughs> I want to like hug Not you on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Well, yeah, anything, anything you want to say to the listeners before we close off this podcast episode? Um, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm on the spot. No. Oh, let's see. Okay, so what would I say? I would say don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Don't be afraid to put yourself first. And something that someone said to me in a reading that stuck out, don't be afraid to fall on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, recovering perfectionists, it's hard to imagine that we're not going to get it right Mm. and it stops us from taking chances or it stops us from doing something that is speaking to you you know like listen to that little whisper listen to the whisper of your soul 
listen to your guides, notice the synchronicities happening and coming up and don't be afraid to just go for it and invest in yourself or invest in your education, your self-development, um, you know, take that trip, buy the flowers, buy the shoes, buy both of them. If you like both colors, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> if the shoe or what is it? If yeah. the shoe fits, buy it in every color. Is that the- <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. You know, it's those little things that allow you to be nice to yourself and invest mm. in yourself. Even if it's getting the flowers, you know, it's going to do so much for your self-esteem and really set the tone for how you want other people to treat you. Yes. I I had a client once that was like, I only get my eyebrows done on special occasions. I'm like, no, (laughs) whenever you want to get your eyebrows done, that's enough of a special occasion. So get the flowers, Mm -hmm. get your eyebrows done, whatever it is, like do do it, do it. Go to the movies by yourself. Don't wait for anybody that's the one thing that I'm still like inching towards is like doing things on my own. Mm. And it's like the more you do it, the more you're like, yeah, I kind of like this. I like being by myself. Yeah. Enjoy your own company. And, mm-hmm. and oh, what's the word in um, Oh, I think it is enjoy. This fruit that is like, just enjoy yeah. it. Like be with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Appreciate those little moments. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Thank, thank you, you, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Your Latina Mentor podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving a review and sharing it with friends and family. If we aren't friends on social media yet, go check out Instagram at Your Latina Mentor or check out the website yourlatinamentor.com and we will see you on the next episode. Talk soon.